Everyone who knows me knows that my dogs are never short on outfits. I buy leashes and collars like some people buy shoes and handbags. And my favorite collar is Iggy's custom-made Paco collar. Paco collars are 100% handmade from scratch by an amazing staff of artists, and the quality really is unparalleled. My dogs can't have collars that don't withstand wear and tear. They hike, they swim, they roll on dead stuff. These collars are guaranteed to last a lifetime, and they're designed to be worn by active dogs like mine. Iggy's collar is perfect for her. It's got purple stones, stars, and a beautiful design. There are literally thousands of design options to choose from, but don't worry. The staff at Paco loves helping customers pick out the best collar for their pets. That's exactly what they did when I went to their booth with Iggy. And they make stuff for humans too, so get over to PacoCollars.com and buy the best collar you've ever had, and don't forget to enter promo code COGDOG for free shipping. Dog People of the Internet, Worked Up Camp is happening, and you can get all of the information for it over on the Worked Up Camp event page on Facebook. So just search Worked Up Camp on Facebook. Um, You can also find it on the Cognitive Canine Facebook page, and you have to click either Going or Interested, and then you're going to get all of the updates that are posted to that page. What you need to know right now is that registration applications open April 15th. I'm only going to take those applications for a 10-day period, and then I'm going to let people know who is in as far as working spots go. So you've got to get your application filled out and sent over to me between April 15th and April 25th. So if you get the application in during that time, you'll be considered to have a working spot. But in order to get that application, you've got to get over to that event page and join it so that you can get all of those updates. And I hope to see your application soon. Hey there, dog people of the internet. It's me, Sarah Strumming of The Cognitive Canine, and this is Cog Dog Radio, a podcast about all things dog sports and dog training. Join me as I explore my cases and considerations regarding the behavior of the dogs we live and play with. I hope you enjoy it. Hey friends, today I'm going to launch another uh, three-part series, and this one's going to be on Nylif, or the nothing in life is free concept in dog training. It is still um, something that exists widely amongst dog trainers of a lot of different backgrounds and varieties. Um, trainers who utilize primary, primarily positive reinforcement, uh, trainers who utilize a kind of mixed methodology um, way of doing things. It's across the board, very popular amongst pet dog trainers. And it's also every time I've sent a client uh, to work with a veterinary behaviorist, and I have worked with at least four different veterinary behaviorists with clients at this time, um, Nylif has been recommended to them by the veterinary behaviorist. And Nylif kind of goes like this. You don't give the dog anything for quote unquote free. The dog wants to be pet, you ask them to sit, and then you pet them. They want to go out the door, you ask them to sit, then you release them out the door. Um, Anytime you give them anything, 
that could be considered of value to the dog, you're supposed to ask them to do something for you first. So that's the basic uh, Nylif thing. I did a quick Google search, which you can do as well, and found tons of just free articles on how to carry Nylif out, um, written by numerous different trainers. So there's a lot of information on what it is if you aren't familiar enough um, with it. I recommend you go kind of check that out. But I'm going to talk a little bit about its kind of roots and the fact that it's still hanging on here. And then in the next episode, I'm going to talk about why I think it actually works because the proposed reason for it working um, has to do with a lot of stuff that I don't think is real. And then in the third episode, I'm going to talk about alternatives. So um, I'm not a fan of Nylif. So what do I do instead? So here we go. First of all, um, it really seems to me to be born in this idea of dogs being pack animals and dogs needing kind of a hierarchical structure in their home in which the human is kind of the alpha or the dominant um, member of the pack, I suppose. So kind of traditional pack theory based dog training would state that, you know, the human eats before the dog, the human walks outdoors before the dog, the dog has to walk behind the human on walks, the dog's not allowed access to prime sleeping spots like the furniture or the bed, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And, you know, even worse than that, sometimes people utilize, you know, violent mechanisms toward the dog, like rolling them over, um, flipping them on their backs, things like that. And, Nylif, I think, is almost the positive reinforcement-based trainer clinging to this ideology. So if you're a positive reinforcement-based trainer, you probably don't subscribe to this pack theory stuff because it's really been demonstrated to be um, not effective and not real, the, the pack theory um, information. And you know, it's simpler to actually just look at problem behavior, look at its reinforcers and replace it with something else. So to actually use some applied behavior analysis as opposed to trying to kind of capture the mystical force um, that for some reason people think exists in wolves and dogs and things like that. And I think that's more kind of what pack theory is. So Nylif, for some reason, is this kind of tag along to me from the old days of dog training where we did everything based in a kind of dominance or hierarchical structure mindset. There is a little bit of research, um, survey-based research by Dr. Nicholas Dodman, who's um, a veterinary behaviorist, on the use of Nylif. And his research does demonstrate that there's a few behavior problems that, you know, he's seen absolute positive changes in the household when Nylif was put into play. And so that's why veterinary behaviorists that I've worked with um, all still kind of recommend it because Dodman's research states that they probably should and that it will probably help. Um, and, you know, they probably are also seeing it work. Um, and again, I'm going to talk about that next time. But what's interesting to me is that even when positive trainers kind of said, you know, we're not going to do this dominance mumbo jumbo anymore, 
Um, we're not going to flip dogs over. We know that it's not realistic to walk out the door before you release the dog out the door every single time. We know that it's kind of silly to insist on eating your dinner before you feed the dog. Sometimes that's not a convenient thing to do. Um, we all kind of said, you know, we don't need this stuff anymore. So why are we still doing it? Um, I, or I'm saying, why are we still doing it? A lot of, um, a lot of positive trainers still are. And so for some reason, when pack theory kind of became unpopular or dominance theory became unpopular amongst the positive training crowd, this Nile of stuff clung, um, or stuck around. And what's interesting to me is that the people who I know who might still utilize it are saying, well, well, yeah, because, you know, this puts the person in a leadership role. And in my opinion, all you've done is replace the word alpha with the word leader. And you haven't actually changed the concept at all. You're not flipping and rolling dogs, but there's plenty of dogs who would, sorry, not, not dogs, plenty of trainers who were never doing that in the first place. Um, but we're still looking at everything through kind of a pack theory or dominance lens. And so saying that the person has to be the quote unquote leader, um, or that the person, and that what that means is for the person to have first access to all resources, to me, just, it doesn't shake out. It doesn't, um, you, there's no way to apply it consistently and nobody really does it 100% either. So my dogs find horse manure extremely reinforcing. Am I going to go up and eat a pile of horse manure before I release them to the manure? Um, absolutely not. I feel like that goes without saying. And, you know, what if they're getting in my car? Am I supposed to hop in the car and then recall them in the car? I mean, what... Where does it stop and start? Um, it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. They also sleep in my bed, and that is this huge um, part of my enjoyment of them. And here's my key issue with Nylif, which Kathy Sadeo um, wrote so eloquently about in her book, uh, Plenty in Life is Free, which is kind of a rebuttal of Nylif that goes through her personal journey with one of her dogs. Um, and if you've not read it, I really, really recommend it. You know, she talks about the fact that Nylif, um, may have a pot, may or may not have a positive effect on behavior, but it has a negative effect on a person's enjoyment of their dog. A lot of the time. So if my dog walks, walks up to me and puts his front feet up in my lap, if I'm supposed to ask him to sit before touching him every single time, that takes something away from this experience for me. It takes away the fact that when he comes up and puts his feet in my lap, I want to kiss his face and put my, you know, and put my face right in his neck fur. I mean, that's what I want to do. I don't want to ask him to sit. I want him in my lap. Um, if I am always having to eat first or go through the door first or whatever. This just feels like a stressful thing that is having a negative effect on my dogs. And don't even get me started. I think you all know how I would feel about insisting that my dog walk next to or behind me on a walk every time we went out. Um, 
that also detracts from my enjoyment of my dogs. What I enjoy is watching them run free in nature. I don't enjoy trying to make them walk next to me or behind me on walks. And I enjoy them being on the couch with me when I'm watching television. I enjoy them sleeping in my bed. I love having this kind of natural close interaction with my dogs. And if I were to try to implement Nylif, I would take some of that away for sure. So that's why Nylif um, really hasn't been a thing for me for a really long time and hasn't been something that I've recommended to clients for a long time. Um, I also just think that there are better ways to do um, to achieve the same results or better results. And so next time I'm going to talk about why I think Nylif quote unquote works because I don't think it works um, because of this leadership kind of thing that everybody kind of talks about. Um, I think we can put it into much simpler, easier to understand terms or words than that. And after I talk about that, we'll come back and have a third episode where we talk about alternatives. So I'm going to switch gears for a second here and talk for a second about my new course on Fenzy Dog Sports Academy. If you've never taken a class with FDSA, I really highly recommend it. We've got an amazing staff of instructors over there, and you might be surprised at how easy online learning can be um, and how convenient it definitely is. So the new course is called Arousal Layering Games. It's a sister course to Worked Up. So Worked Up is um, my course that I teach a couple of times a year over on Fenzy Dog Sports Academy. And Worked Up is all about dogs that are just kind of overly aroused, losing their heads, typically uh, pertaining to dog sports. And Arousal Layering Games is not Worked Up Part 2. Arousal Layering Games is, like I said, a sister course to Worked Up, meaning in my perfect world, everybody would take Worked Up, who's having these problems, and everybody would also take Arousal Layering Games. If you've taken Worked Up, you know that part of the process of helping your Worked Up dog to work with a cooler head is playing these games that I call arousal layering games. I call them that because it's all about layering the arousal onto behaviors that the dog already knows how to do. So we teach the dog some really solid behaviors and that can be as simple as a duration nose target or as complicated as weave pulls and then we systematically layer um high arousal stimuli stimuli um onto that behavior and the dog is successful the whole time they might make an occasional mistake but we just let that inform where we go from there as a trainer and so rather than working the dog cranking the dog into a super high state of arousal and then asking the dog to think which is what i observe people in the agility world doing we teach our behaviors really nice and solid and then we layer arousal on top and I've got really fun games that we play each week I'll release a different game as well as um, just bonus and additional information and uh, great training practices and through these fun games we're going to teach our dogs how to keep that cool head under high states of arousal and it's not just for agility dogs Um, agility is a major part of 
worked up. It often is. But every time I run worked up, I get dogs that are not agility dogs. I get obedience dogs, um, pet dogs, everything like that. Some of the scenarios that we're going to talk about in Arousal Layering Games are real life scenarios, um, just to make sure that there's something in there for everybody and not just agility handlers. So the course registration date um, for the April term for the Academy is March 22nd. But this course uh, the gold spots are on the lottery system, which means that you enter the lottery before the registration date, and then you'll be randomly selected to be in the class. And the reason we do that is just to try to make it fair for everybody because we've got lots of students all over the world and, you know, hovering over your mouse trying to click at the right second um, <laughs> can sometimes be tough. And especially, you know, my students in Australia and New Zealand have a better shot um, through the lottery so they don't have to, you know, set their alarms for 3 a.m. or whatever ridiculous time it winds up being that registration opens for the class. To get information about the lottery, to enter the lottery, you've got to be on the FDSA, that's Fenzy Dog Sports Academy, mailing list. So you go to FenzyDogSportsAcademy.com and then you click New Student. That's going to drop down a menu and one of the items on the menu there is mailing list. So that will help you, that will be your ticket to get on the mailing list and your ticket to get the information on the lottery. Um, there's also email addresses um, of the people who can help you best with registration questions because that's not actually me because I don't run the academy. So if you have other questions about the registration process, again, get on Fenzy Dog Sports Academy. There's an FAQs page that'll probably answer your question. And if not, there's um, an email that you can access to ask your question. Things you want to contact me for would be if your dog is appropriate for the class, um, if you're not sure that your situation is, you know, best for the class, if you're not sure if the class is right for you, that kind of thing, you can always shoot me an email. That's cognitivecanine at gmail.com. And you can also private message me on Facebook with those questions. Um, and I try to get back to everybody as fast as possible about whether the information, whether the information in the course will be helpful to them or not. Um, I've had a few emails about this already, and I've told a couple of people, no, it's not really appropriate for your situation. And I've told a couple of people, yes, definitely sign up. So if you're not sure, ask. Um, another great place to always ask those questions is the Fenzy Dog Sports Academy alumni page, which current or past students can be a member of. Um, and sometimes it's great to get information from other students so that you understand kind of what the experience of the course looks like. So again, that's Arousal Layering Games and um, the course starts April 1st. Registration is March 22nd. But if you want that gold spot, you've got to enter the lottery. I'm also teaching um, with my partner, Dr. Leslie Ide, jumping gymnastics this term. Jumping gymnastics is fitness and training for jumping. So Leslie covers the fitness and conditioning part. I cover, cover the jump training and we pull it all together to build a workout for your dog at the end. This is a popular workshop that we teach. We just taught it in New Zealand. It was so fun um, to get to work with you know, different people, different jump heights and different dogs on jumping. And we've added a lot to the course. So that's a great course too, that you might jump in on no lottery for that one. So registration opens March 22nd. 
Um, it'll open at a specific time, which will be on the page um, for the course, which again, you can find at FenzyDogSportsAcademy.com. So thanks for hanging in there with me while I talked a little bit about my class. And I hope that you enjoyed this brief discussion about Nylif. Next time, we'll talk about why I think it works. Um, everything from the dog's interaction with the environment um, to where I think the reinforcement or punishment is coming from um, and more. So thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to Cog Dog Radio. If you have questions or suggestions, shoot them over to cogdogradio at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like the Cog Dog Radio Facebook page. And until next time, happy training.